Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Kitchings. Um, I'm here with Matt Douglas, who I had on a previous episode. And he had this crazy COVID story where he moved across the country from San Diego to Virginia. And I thought, you know, people don't do that. I want to hear it. So, first of all, Matt, uh, after you plug your podcast shamelessly. Shameless plug. Please tell me how you discovered covid for the first time i will tell you that I'll also tell you i'm sure when you get into this uh i also got married during covid having a wedding during covid i mean like jesus christ um yeah let me plug my podcast real quick um uh, i've been hanging out with uh lord cornwallis and rochambeau and and george washington all day i'm doing an episode on the battle of yorktown i do an episode called i do a podcast called the educator podcast walking history and I did visit different historic sites and talk about them, um, lots of battles, stuff like that, and also an education one and a how-to one where I've interviewed people like comedians. So check that out. The history stuff is probably up the alley of a lot of your your listeners here. Um, so anyway, yeah, we talked uh, a week or two ago, and we were talking about some COVID shit. And yeah, my, my 2020 was – everybody's 2020 was just nuts. Mine, I guess, is a very unique side of nuts. Uh, that's certainly what it felt like. So what you wanted me to talk about when I first heard of COVID is, is that, is that where we want to start? As I recall, you were, okay. you were surfing Reddit. Yes. Okay. Yes, I was. I was, okay. it was January of 2020 and, um, yeah, I go on Reddit every, every now and then checking stuff out and, you know, there's not a bunch of bullshit on that site, but that's a lot of it's true. You know, so I found some threads on this weird new like virus thing out of China and seemed kind of crazy. And the threads kept popping up. And I was like, this seems real. Like, what is this? Um, and I would see some articles. And so, yeah, I was pretty aware of it. I think before most people, this would have been mid to late January of 2020. And I was like, this is like, this is, is this something to be worried about? Yeah. Hmm. So when did it go from is it something to be worried about to it is something to be worried about? I would say, I mean, we were talking earlier where it was sort of like the day that the NBA like shut down. That's when it felt real in a lot of ways. I, For me, my memory when it sort of felt like real was – my now wife and I, we went out sometime around early early March, I would say, to a restaurant. It was like a retro, like, 1950s-style, like, burger diner type thing. And they had, like, everybody was dressed up as, like, Marilyn Monroe and stuff. It was, you know, like Elvis. It was kind of cool. But we went out. I'm like, no, we're going out. Like, we're not being scared of this thing that we're hearing about on the news. Like, we're going out. And it was weird. Like, we sat at the bar instead of at tables, and so we could be away from people. And we were a little bit nervous, but like trying not to be. And I remember thinking like, is this the last time I'm going to like go out? Like you kind of like felt it maybe coming. And yeah, that was the last time. That was like last time me or my wife have eaten out inside a restaurant without a mask. <laughs> um, been around people for like a year until we finally got vaccinated fairly recently, you know, but like. Jesus, yeah, that was that was when it hit for me. Yeah. Do you remember? Because I remember this. I remember when this first got rocking and rolling, 
with the COVID, I remember that there was this thought like you might never go to a restaurant again. Like you oh, might. Yeah. You remember that? Like I remember that. It, 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 I would, I'm an optimist by nature, I guess, and COVID just yeah. kind of shattered some of that. I was like, we'll figure it out eventually, but like, it just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It just kept going and going, and there just seemed like there was no end in sight. Every time I thought it was going to be better, it was worse, basically, or at least the same. Yeah, the idea of like being with your friends again or like your grandparents, like it was like almost like a pipe dream. It, it was like you're thinking – like I, I literally remember I had my podcast and I, I was doing guests even then, and I literally remember people like, well, you know, AIDS. It took them decades to do. I mean, literally, yeah, it took them decades to do it. And I was like, oh Jesus. I was confident in a vaccine, and look, you know, here we are, we got one. But like, apparently, it was like a fucking miracle. Sorry for the language, but that we actually got it so quickly. Um. Yeah. Apparently, most of the experts were saying it was going to take at least a year and a half, and it took just under a year, which is amazing. Just, just which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 I literally remember being in this tiny little pharmacy, and they gave me the first shot, and I mean, just tears, man, just, just yeah. tears free flowing. <laughs> like you know, like yep. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'll, ne- I'll never forget that. That sense of joy I had, like, driving away, like, in the car, like, knowing I just had my first shot in my arm, I was like, I, like, just, just, like, pouring out of, I didn't cry, but pouring out of emotions and, like, joy and, like, sort of that, like, almost, like, ridiculousness that you can't, like, contain, like, giddiness kind of is how it felt, I think. Like, I was laughing the whole time mm-hmm. and, like, singing in the car and, like, uh, I've I've never been happier to have my arm from shoulder to fingertip be sore. That's what I'll, <laughs> that's what I won't forget from shoulder uh, from the back of my shoulder to my fingertip. Yeah, my arm was like sore, and I was like, I'm so. There's nothing to complain about. <laughs> You're like fine, like fine, <laughs> good, uh, good, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so okay. should we get into the real rough stuff then? Yeah, yeah sure. Why yeah, not? Let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, I guess I mean you know you let me know how you want me to talk about it, but I, I think the main things I'll get into here because I had a very unique experience. You're right through COVID. Was we were living it in San Diego, my now wife and I, when COVID began, and we moved to Virginia uh, in the middle of it in like June, um, the end of June, 2020. And then at the end of October, we got married. So these are like, you know, huge life events that are stressful and crazy okay. no matter what. Imagine doing that through a global pandemic. Let's so, let's let me, let's pretend to be silly or stupid or whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. First of all, was it a job? Was it – I'm guessing if it's in the middle of a pandemic, it's got to be either a job or – Something like that. Like it's medical. a good. It's a yeah. Very quick, fair question. Um, mostly <laughs> because my wife. Mostly because my wife and I were getting married. Actually, so I'm from the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I went to school in Maryland, so I I I know the D.C. area quite well. I have fr- friends and even family there. My now wife is from Virginia as well, and we had basically said, "Listen, we want to get married. We want to start a family." You know, San Diego is my favorite place on earth, my favorite city by far. 
Um, it was extremely difficult leaving, which is part of the whole COVID story for me. Um, but it, we sort of looked at each other and looked around and said, if we want to like start a family, if we want to like live this life, is it feasible to do it in San Diego? And the ultimate answer was at least not now. Like you need a lot of money to live the way you want to live in San Diego. And we wanted to be near friends and family, especially for having kids. So we decided we would prefer to move before we got married as opposed to after. So we had planned this like six months, maybe even a year in advance that we were going to move sometime in the summer ish of 2020 and then get married in Virginia um, later that year. So this was sort of in the works for a long time. Okay. You know? So yeah. Yeah. And the job stuff for us, we, we both work, um, we're both self-employed. So it wasn't really hard to, to move um, as we found out. COVID in that sense actually might have been a little bit of a good thing because it allowed us to work virtually without any problem. You know, you can work from San Diego or Virginia or freaking Alaska, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, that's why that's why we did it. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. So you wanted to be around friends and family. Okay. So, okay. Um, so you, you, you head out. And what's the name of that? There, that highway is in Savannah, too. There's a highway that goes from Savannah to San Diego. Um, oh, uh, man. Oh, God. The people in San Diego are so is mad. It, 10 it might be or? the 10. It might, see, I would never go east to west when I was in San Diego. But I always go north to south. I would go up to, uh, like, along the beach <laughs> of the five. But I think it's the 10 yeah. that goes east to west. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't. I try not to remember. Um, but let's say let's say it's the the interstate that goes from Savannah to San Diego. All right. So you get on. Do you, so you got on that, or you got on another? Yeah. One, well, listen. I'll whatever. I'll go. Th- I'll tell the story. I'll I'll, I'll okay. I'll, All right. You 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 interject if 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 I'm going sure like two tangents or something. I mean, this is just this is reliving this is almost kind of crazy right now. Um, let me just preface the story by saying that. Um, my now wife and I, um, at the time we were engaged, we were very, very, very careful about COVID from day one. Um, we were just going to be basically as safe as possible. So we were already in like, we're staying in. We were, we weren't even going to the grocery store. We we're getting groceries delivered, you know, that kind of thing. We were, we were wiping everything down, all that kind of stuff. So it was already for us like very, very like insulated. And those few, first few months of COVID were really hard because we were like living in a two bedroom apartment with every in an, an apartment complex in San Diego where nobody cared about COVID. Not really. Someone wore masks. It was, it was like kind of scary, you know? So it was already really like anxiety provoking all that. And so in the midst of all this, right, we're moving. We had, we had to get a pod, which is one of those big storage containers. And we got all our stuff put in that we had to hand you know, by hand, remove everything from our house and put it in the storage container because we didn't want movers to come in. I was walking up and down two, three flights of stairs for literally two weeks, getting everything that we owned into this storage container. So it was like, this is kind of a, a running theme of COVID, I'm sure for most people, but it made everything like two or three times harder, you know? So we're spending two weeks lugging stuff up and down into our storage container and find the storage container is taken and we leave um, on a Monday. I was actually in prep for this episode. I was looking through some of my old photos and some videos I had taken of the trip, kind of reliving it, and it's it's like still surreal. 
So yeah, we, we loaded up our car. Of course, we left like two, three hours late because we had to pack everything up. We had to leave our bikes there because they didn't fit in the storage container. And, you know, we were like, we put everything we could in this little Honda Civic to live in for not just the close to two weeks we'd driving across the country. But then we were staying at my, my wife's house, uh, my wife's mom's house for a bit there. So everything that we like, needed to live <laughs> for like months on end was shoved in this little mm. freaking car. Um, so we left on a Monday and it was so bittersweet, right? So like San Diego is my favorite place on earth, but COVID like really ruined a lot of that. Cause it was, felt like scary to be there. We couldn't do anything. Like everybody was acting like it, well, not everybody, a lot of people were acting like it was no big deal. And we were, we didn't want to be like that. And it's just been nuts. And so we left with this very weird sort of taste in our mouth. And I want, okay, let me interject. Cause I've talked to a few people at this point out west like pacific coast area and i you're the first person you're legit the first person that said people in san diego didn't care it's not that the people in san maybe i'm misspeaking it's not that people in san diego didn't care they overall they were pretty good about it we lived in an area called pacific beach um it's near mission bay it's a little area spit of land called crown point which is like sort of like party central the area we were is a little bit off that beaten path, but like that's where you go if you're like 25 and like just out of college and want to party at the beach. So it's a lot of young people, right? And we were in an apartment complex that was full of a lot of those people. Uh, maybe half the people there were like, you know, under 30, just trying to have a good time living in San Diego. So those people, for the most part, just wanted to have fun and they were young and they didn't feel like they were at risk. And there just wasn't a lot of like, mask wearing there's a lot of complaints about like things being closed people would like sneak into the pool when it was closed like there was just like a general attitude of that and 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 maybe even more than that but certainly it was a big part of it it was also very crowded so like we we're just around lots of people all the time which was just very nerve-wracking you know so it was that kind of combination of things um that made it a little tricky yeah okay so it wasn't like the people of San Diego is the people of your apartment complex. Or yeah, people of our neighborhood. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And we knew right. they were the ones getting it. Like, you know, all the 25-year-olds going out to the bars when they were closed or, like, having parties when they weren't supposed to. Like, they were the ones getting COVID. Like, you know. So we knew that. We were like, somebody yeah. here has COVID. Like, we need to not be around yeah. people. And plus, like, I mean, it's fair to say, I mean, somebody ought to say it at this point. There was this period of time where you didn't really know like you didn't like the trouble with a new disease is that it's new there was so many unknowns and so much fear wrapped up in that uncertainty wrapped up in that yeah yeah it was that was a lot of it yeah and also like viruses like generationally especially with a new virus viruses generationally change every two weeks so what could be true this month could have been not true two months later, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, there you go. But, okay, I'm sorry, Matt, continue. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, there's a lot of unknown. I mean, that was, that was a lot of the fear and uncertainty. So, so anyway, you know, we finally left. It was like the middle, middle of June um, with this feeling of excitement, but also sadness and also like, how, the, how are we going to do this, right? So here was our plan. Before COVID, our plan was let's take two weeks, have like the trip of our lives 
you know, go to Vegas, go through Utah, go to the Grand Canyon, go to Yosemite, go whatever Yellowstone, you know, have go to Colorado, see all our friends, have like the best trip you could have, right? Mm. That's like everybody's dream, right? Travel across the country. And that's not what this would become. It was it was a combination of how do we get across the country as safely as possible while trying, if possible, to have fun. And it was 50-50. It was 50% like, this is amazing. I can't believe we're doing this experience. And 50% like, this is harrowing. And I really don't want to get COVID, in part because when we got to Virginia, we were going to be staying with my wife's mom and grandmother. My Her grandmother was 89 years old. She's turning 90 now. So like it was like we had to be like really, really careful for us and for them. So um, the big thing was mm -hmm. logistics. Like how do you find places to stay? Like how do you get food? Like what if something happens? Like what if you need to – What like, all those what ifs where you're like, eh, I'll just stay at a hotel and not care. I'll go out to dinner. I'll go see my friends that you normally think of when you're traveling. It was none of that. It was like – I use this example when we talked last time. It's like you're traveling across the country in like the 1700s trying to get from way station to way station. And if your horse breaks a leg, you die. You know, or if like the Indians attack, you die. Like that's what it felt like. It was right. like it was trying to right. go from like safe place to safe place. Um, for example, we were originally going to drive straight from San Diego into Arizona, go to the Grand Canyon, like – how okay it's covid but we can be outdoors and do all this great stuff um and like literally three days before we left uh arizona had this huge surge like this crazy surge and if you looked at like the charts of cases it was like skyrocketing and we're like well i guess we're not going to arizona you know so we totally last minute rebooked and the way that we did a lot of the, most of the trip is we were doing airbnbs and like I'd be on my phone as we were driving, chatting with like all these different Airbnb hosts and hostesses saying like, hey, we want to stay here in two days. Has anybody been there since in the last couple of days? Or like, is anybody going to be there the night before that we're going to come? Like we wanted to be as, you know, have complete separation if possible from being st people staying there the night for, from cleaning crews coming in, like all that. We were being as careful as humanly possible, right? So it's this crazy logistical nightmare of trying to like plan your trip. Um, so that was a huge part of it. There were some really surreal moments. Um, we were driving through Las Vegas during COVID. And I've been to Vegas a couple times, I think it is. And it's, you know, it's bustling. There's thousands of people out no matter where you go or what time of day or night. And we drove through and it was like a literal ghost town. It was like really creepy. It felt like I was driving through Disney World when it was closed. You know, like you have all these like huge buildings and restaurants and casinos and hotels. And there's supposed to be all these lights on and all this commotion and all this life. And it was empty. It was like there's an episode of, of Twilight Zone, the episode where the there's a nuclear holocaust and some guys in a bunker or a, a bank fault and he comes out and everybody's dead and there's books everywhere and he puts on his glasses and his glasses break that famous episode uh but that's what it felt like it was everything was dead it was really weird um so we drove like nine hours straight that first day <laughs> and we were exhausted and wired and we ended up in utah 
And we stayed at this like really nice little Airbnb, this like house, this old like Mormon house <laughs> from like the 1800s. It was great. Um, but we were like totally alone. And here we are in Utah after months of COVID and a move. And we could finally like catch our breath a little bit. Um, and here's where one of those moments of beauty came in. We're in the middle of nowhere in Utah and the sky is perfectly clear and there's not like a light in sight. And we walked out and for both of us, it was the first time we ever saw the Milky Way. And it was like wow. clear as day kind of. And it was like, oh my God. And it kind of felt like the first moment of like beauty and peace and serenity in like three or four months for, for, for us, for me. Yeah. Um, so like the juxtaposition there of like the surreality of, of COVID with the surreality of like seeing the Milky way. Right. Um, wild, just wild. Um, uh, we mean, spent also like there probably weren't a whole lot of people. No, we were in this tiny <laughs> little town, the town of Panguitch, Utah. I mean, look it up. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was really unique. Really unique. I, yeah. Um, we were in Utah, as it turned out, for about four days, and we weren't we we weren't even supposed to go to Utah. We we're supposed to go from Arizona, basically, up to Colorado. And it turns out that was the best part of the trip by far. Um, if you have a chance to go to Utah, anybody listening, uh, oh my God! We went to Zion, we drove past Bryce, we went to some other places in that area, and then we took what's called Highway 12, which is on some if you look up like you know most beautiful roads in America, usually it's Big Sur. And Highway 12 in Utah is the one and two. I've done both of those roads. Highway 12 in Utah was unbelievable. It was like driving from Mars to the moon and then back to Mars. And every 10 minutes was a different landscape. Like it, it I can't even, words don't even do it justice. But it's like a five-hour drive where you're driving through rock canyons and then open stony like wastelands and then these like beautiful spires that you see in like old western movies and there's nobody yeah. around and you have like five miles of sight lines and you know there's a car passes every 20 minutes just I like, wild i love like uh, i went out to new mexico or i went out to california um a little while ago now actually a long while ago now but i went through new mexico and that was just amazing i mean i i really could see why people live out there why, yeah. why people choose to live out there there's a sense of I, so i've been in california for for four years um yeah and I saw a ton of the West Coast. And then doing this trip, I saw a lot of it, a lot more of it. And I was looking at some pictures before I came on to kind of remind myself, like I mm. said. And there's this feeling of like epicness out West. Right. Like you really don't get almost anywhere else in the world, certainly not on the East Coast or in the Midwest. In not not out here. No, no. Not, not, no. Everything um, is just like epic. I mean, like stunning like and like unbelievable the nature is just like out of this world everything's like stunning and also like it's more like um you know somebody said it's like people are more valuable because there's less of them <laughs> but the way i'll say it is like like there'll be this like 
steak place, like a place to get a steak or something. And like in the East, you probably wouldn't give it a second thought. But out West, you're like, wow, like, okay, food are awesome. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) right? Well, especially when you're in the middle of the desert. And, like, you've been driving for six hours and you've seen, like, ten people and, like, no water. You're like, we can get food out here? (laughs) Like, this is pretty amazing. Like, that's – but the – I mean, that trip was – that was the trip where I learned at least the route we took. I learned that you're never more than four hours from a toilet and a pack of crackers. (laughs) Now, it might only be a toilet and a pack of crackers. And that might be four hours. I mean, you might literally literally be four hours. Yep. Like, there was one time, I'll never forget this, it was this tiny little town in New Mexico, and we all sat in the, the subway, like the subway sandwich place in New Mexico, because we knew at some point between right that second and four hours from right that second, we were going to have to go to the bathroom. And we'd been out west long enough to know that, look, we need to go now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Stop and go. But there was this lady. I'll never forget it. She was selling uh, art on the side of the road or the side of the, you know, like the road. But her art was like sculptures. It was just real funky and. Cool looking. But the West is lights everywhere out there. It's everywhere you get that. Exactly. Yeah. God, I loved it. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's I miss it a lot. You know, it, it's it's yeah. really something special and it's such a shame it's so far away from the East Coast. Like you have to fly for five hours. It's not like a ten hour drive or a two hour flight. It's like a it's a whole day, you know, and it really feels far for that reason. But <laughs> anyway. Eastern California felt like a whole other place. It, it is. Like a whole other society, a whole other it literally felt like a whole other country almost. At one point I'm not sure where you were, but we um I've I've traveled up to Lake Tahoe going the eastern route of California. You go up the Sierra Madres on the east side of it and you're it's talk about stunning. I mean, you're in this valley which is like a desert valley. And on the West to your left, if you're driving North is the giant mountain range. And it's just this like hundreds of miles of mountains, snow capped mountains, like that you're driving like right next to, and there's mm-hmm. no trees anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's all right there. Uh, Mono Lake is up there, which is where one of the um, Clint Eastwood movies was filmed. Like, it's like you're living in this like crazy world that just seems so, so unbelievable uh, and surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so we're traveling through that. We're driving through all that. Um, And, you know, you forget it's COVID sometimes, and then you're reminded it's COVID. Like, you know, when you get to the hotel and we got, we, we would be really careful. We went to one hotel the whole time. It was like a lodge where it was like one room separated from everybody else's. And we opened the door and let it air out for like half an hour before we walked in. You know, you're like, oh my God, like you're still, like we're still in this. You know, um, mm. but, but yeah, we traveled all throughout Utah for a long time and that was really 
just incredible. I, I would for sure go back. Um, and then we drove through Colorado at one point it was the like end of June at this point, And it started snowing. Like, again, talk about these surreal moments. We pull over to get gas at like 11,000 feet in Colorado in the middle of the Rocky mountains. And it's like, there's like a random two minute snow shower, you know? And that like whole sense of like giddiness comes back and like excitement and like, Oh my God, we're actually doing this trip, you know? And then something happens an hour or two later where you're reminded it's freaking COVID and like where are we like we didn't we you talk about fun needing to pee or go to the bathroom because you got four hours between bathrooms we never went to a bathroom the whole trip we would either wait till we were at the hotel or, or really the airbnb or we would just go on the road like we would pull over and find a place like we weren't going to step in a bathroom that's how like that's how careful we were being so this whole trip, we got all the food in our freaking car and we're peeing on the side of the road and we're driving like six, eight, sometimes 10 hours a day. Um, it was, it was just, it was just nuts. It was just so nuts. Yeah. There was a story you told me briefly about Kansas or, or somewhere where the COVID uh, is. in. Yeah. Oh like my that. God. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell that real quick. So, you know, we're, the whole deal is here. We're. We had basically our nights planned for the first maybe four or five nights of the trip. And then it was going to be, let's just see where we get. <laughs> like we were going to drive from Colorado to Kansas and then just do East. Yeah. So we're driving through Colorado and Kansas. Beautiful, by the way, just open prairie, straight road for hundreds of miles. You'd see like a soul every half an hour. And uh, I'm, I'm texting all these Airbnb hosts and hostesses like, hey, has anybody stayed the night before? You know, we're worried about COVID and whatnot. And this one lady, she's like, oh, like, you don't have to worry. Like, there's no COVID here. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you know, like, okay, maybe not today, but definitely, like, next week. Or, like, you probably just haven't heard about it. Or, like, just, just like, the ignorance and the, and the sort of blissful ignorance of that. Just, we saw a lot of that. And I'm uh, the, the one thing that... I said to you before, because I went back and I heard our episode today, uh, just to sort of prep. And the one thing you that I had said before was that this has to be one of the only pandemics that we ever had, like as a species, where you could you could literally choose <laughs> to participate in it or right. not. You could choose to believe in it or not. Or, or like, not. Oh, come on. And it, it's just like. And okay, to be fair, right? To be fair, as far as anybody knows, uh, you know, few people die from the initial impact of COVID. To be fair, few but, is relative, right? It's like one percent. You know, like that's right. A lot of people, if you have hundreds or millions of people getting COVID, exactly. You know, but, like that's so, the thing. But the thing I was going to say was you're not including um, the after effects like the, you know, the you can get this and you can have these health problems for years. Long haul COVID. I know people who have it. It's awful for them, like terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is months after they've had it and they're like, they're like, their lives are like ruined kind of. I mean, look at people. I've talked to people all over the country that had dealt with this um one way or the other and i'll tell you something that i believe first of all i believe that 
far more people died from COVID than anybody is currently aware of. Yeah, probably. Second, I also believe that what you're not counting is the injuries, the COVID injuries or the COVID sickness or whatever, however you want to say it. I mean, yeah, I don't want to drag out specific stories without getting people's permission, but I've heard some tales. I mean, I've heard some honest to God first person tales about somebody's life during COVID. And it, it, it was, some of it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I, I have stories like that too. It's, it's, it's awful. It's just, it's sad. Mm, mm. You know, the people who, the people who were affected because they couldn't go to the hospital because everyone was, was, it was full from COVID. Like those people who never got the help they needed and got hurt or died from that, you know, or had mm. much more serious injuries or diseases that would have affected them than they would have normally. You know, that's a huge part of it, especially early on with COVID. So, or there's yeah. there's like a part of there's a there's a whole chapter of of COVID where you couldn't like so if you can't bill for COVID, like if you're the hospital and you can't bill the insurance for COVID then COVID doesn't exist. Even if COVID exists, you still can't bill for it. So therefore, it's like it doesn't exist. Well, and I wonder about the people who were like, you know, la- you know, in the hospital for a week with COVID and they were fine after, but like now they have like a $20,000 hospital bill. Like nobody talks about that, which sort of blows my mind too. Well, right. And well, somebody talked about that to me, which is <laughs> insane. Yeah, totally. Yeah, or it's like, like you know, like they say, like, oh, don't get a DUI. Like the one of the reasons they tell you not to get a DUI is like you have to pay five grand because that's how much it costs to like go through the legal process. Like they should have been yeah. like, don't get COVID. You're gonna have to pay fifteen thousand dollars in medical bills. Like that would have scared people into yeah. doing the right thing. I think I, I don't know. Or like there was a guy. Um, hmm. There was a person that worked this. Uh, county somewhere in america who his county uh basically lied to them about covid like they essentially lied to them about covid and and then they lied to the media lied about about what saying it wasn't happening there or something well okay so without getting into specifics his job was one of these jobs where he would have known about the bleeding edge COVID knowledge, right? Yeah. He was getting the bleeding edge COVID knowledge direct from the CDC, like before, you know, people because of his job. All right. So then the County where he was working, uh, would know about COVID and would know about the bleeding edge stuff and knew about, uh, this and that. And then they decided not to do anything about it. Yeah. So, like, he's literally endangering himself just turning up to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, I remember the Trump administration, like, blocked the the CDC from saying, from recommending that old people didn't fly. Like, oh, my God. Like, that was early on. That was, like, March at some point. Uh, and they said, listen, if you're if you're over over 65 or something, like we recommend you don't fly. And Trump basically like didn't let them release that. Like Jesus, 
Yeah. I mean, and you've still got, I mean, you, to me, I think part of our problem, if I can just wear my political theory hat for a second, before you get back to your story, to me, I think part of our problem is that you have two groups of people and one group of people, it's either a, it's a combination of their understanding of theology but it's also like their understanding of society. Yeah. Versus say, like you said, I'm trying to keep these people healthy. Well, there's some people, there's actually a lot of people that, oh, no, he j- it was his time to go. Right? It was yeah, his time to go. Yeah, I mean. Whatever. Not, I don't really care. I don't want to care. Blah, blah, blah. To me, that is like. To be honest, to me, that is like the definition of selfishness. Like for you to be able to do something fairly simple to like literally protect the lives of other people and like choosing not to do it is forget about yourself for a second. But like, like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? Like, I would hear stories, too, of like people who live in multifamily homes, like with their grandparents. And they would go out like it was no big deal. I say, well, I don't care. Well, if you get it, you can easily give it to people who could die from it. That, like, I just that that sort of thinking just like it really blows my mind, and it makes me so like it like makes my skin crawl. Well, okay, and like I talked on the previous episode with you about that fellow in. You know, there was a there was a man who wants to move back to China. Yeah. Um, who just literally thought the world the world's governments all sat in a room and and Frankenstein and literally not even Frankenstein up to disease, right? But yeah. they sat in a room and thought if we tell everybody there's a disease, we can control them. For what purpose? Like, I just seems uh, such like a James Bond villain thing. Like, like I this just, is real life, not like some like comic book you've been reading. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And the thing like, is, I, yes, if you're 12 years old and you watch like a bunch of like ridiculous like B movies, like yes, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I get that. Like, I get it. But like, yeah. as soon as you put on like, I'm a human being living in the real world, like it, it no longer holds any water so i i don't i don't i just i so anyway my story <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. no, no well let me you know what let me I'm, the next thing i was going to say that this is one of the last little parts of the story fits in really well right there unfortunately so we had traveled across the entire country literally and to be honest i was fairly impressed with what i saw in terms of people were doing a really good job overall when we would travel of like socially distancing even in places where we might not expect it like missouri or something like that um we saw a lot of masks you know um but then we got to tennessee and i'm sure it was like this all over the country in different pockets but this is the place that we really saw it we went to nashville tennessee and then we went to a place called gatlinburg tennessee Mm-hmm. And Nashville was pretty good, pretty good. But we were sort of a little – I don't want to use the word horrified. It's a bit okay. too strong, but but oh, we drew – Wait a second. Yeah. I've been to Nashville. I've been to Nashville 
Nashville was the last trip I took before the pandemic. Okay, so you, you got you got two. Uh, I'm gonna you know you got two adults, mm-hmm. male and female. Correct. You're not going to the restroom in sit inside. Yep. <laughs> You're going out. So what? Okay. I get that in like rural Arizona or rural New Mexico or rural Kansas. Or there's it, it, there's always a road. Like not in a city. You know, once we're close to the city, that's where we're going to be staying. We could we could hold it. But like, you drive half an hour, maybe an hour out of any major city, you're in the middle of nowhere. You'll find a road. You know. And we got really we got really good. We got okay. really good at practicing. <laughs> And well, like finding the place or like learning to hold it for like another two hours if we had to. Like we we got it down pretty too much to a science. All right. Well, you know. So, it's funny. I tell the story of us traveling and usually that's the thing that people are like, you did what? <laughs> like, how did you do that? We're like, well, we did it. Like, we did it. The most of the country, there's nothing there. That's one of the things that you learn about traveling across the country. Like mm-hmm. the United States is like 3,000 miles wide. That is enormous, and there's only pockets of population. Most of it is rural. Most of it is like farmland and like desert and like prairie. And this is a conversation that I have about soccer to other. <laughs> this is a conversation yeah, I have about soccer to Europeans. Like you have to understand, like you can't. This isn't Europe. Okay. No, no, not even right. a little bit. Yes, tan- right. Yes. So anyway, so I'm tangential. But so I'm just what saying. happened. Yeah, Europe is the same size as the United States and like three times its population. So it's like they don't get it. Anyway, we were we went to Nashville. Nashville was pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but we drove yeah. past Music Row, which is the big ma- famous downtown strip with all the bars and like you know literally every bar is a music venue and um, some of the best music in the country is being played there. And there's maybe I don't know thirty or forty sort of clubs right there. We drove through. The clubs were not full, but every club had people in it. Every club had live music, and and I saw probably no masks, maybe one out of ten people wearing a mask inside. So that was kind of like, whoa. But all right, the rest of the city was actually quite good, and everybody was being pretty careful from what we saw. But then we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is about an hour, maybe two hours outside of Nashville. It's in southeastern Tennessee. It's like the heart of like the Appalachian Mountains in that area. And Gatlinburg is a real like tourist destination for the South. Um, you you live close to Atlanta. My guess is you at least have heard about it. Or, you know, when I was that- a child, okay. Full disclosure: When I was a child, as dinosaurs and velociraptors were roaming the earth, <laughs> I went to Gatlinburg with my baby sister and my parents. And I have a Gatlinburg story. But let me hear yours. All right. So here's <laughs> mine. So I'd never been there. I didn't really know what to expect. We're driving through Dollywood. Like, that's pretty cool. We would have gone there if it wasn't COVID. Uh, but we get to Gatlinburg, and there's this section, like, there's the downtown of Gatlinburg, which is, like, real, like, tourist hub. And you can kind of go around it by going through the main road. But I wanted to, like, see it. I was, like, curious. Like, let's drive through, right? So we drive through, it's probably like a two mile long stretch with all these different like restaurants and shops and just, it's like tourist central, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't know what to expect. It is the, at this point, the end of June, I think it would have been. And so middle of summer, basically everybody's out traveling if it was normal times. 
we saw thousands of people walking the streets of Gatlinburg. Maybe one in 20 people were wearing a mask, maybe. And from what we could see, every restaurant and every store was full to capacity. And we were like sickened. We were like, what are we witnessing? Like, what are we driving through? Like, we put up the windows, you know what I mean? Like, we were, like, trying to get through just, like, in sort of, like, shock, awe, and, like, horror. You know, and, and my my memory of that, more than just seeing, was, like, it was really sad because a lot of people there are, are pretty unhealthy, too. There's a lot of overweight people and that kind of thing, and... I just I, – I remember looking around and being like, I wonder how many of these people are going to die. And that was like the mm -hmm. thought that was running through my head. And just nobody had a care in the world. It looked like any other summer in any other year. And I just like – I couldn't believe it. Um, so the thing that – I mean I feel obligated to say at this point that the thing that being a podcaster and – and talking to these people, talking to all these people all over the place has taught me is to objectify the way people think. You know, like, okay, yeah. I, I get it. I get how I think the way I think because of, because of not just my decisions, but my parents' decisions and my grandfather, my grandparents' decisions and so on. Right, I didn't arrive at my decisions on my own. That's what I'm saying. There was like this yeah. building a layering yeah. Yeah. sort of thing. That. Right, I realized that because I talked to so many people all over the planet, and there's a part of me that that really understands. There really, honestly, is a part of me that honestly understands that all they actually want is to be left alone, and to them. Being left alone is being told, not being told what to do. Yep. Right? I get it. I really understand that. And they would probably look at you and honestly me and think we were being cowardly and, and whatever. And, you know, okay, I, I hear that. But I don't know. It, it's just a different, it's a totally different way to live. It's a totally different I... way to think. Yeah, you know, I, I, get I get it. it. I get it too. And I'm the kind of person who like I do not like being told what to do. I I do not like it in jobs with authority by the government. I don't like it. But I cannot get past the fact that this is a disease that is very easily spread that could kill your grandparents and seriously make you ill and potentially put you in the hospital. You know, if you're any like fairly middle-aged person or whatever. And I, I just, I just yeah. don't understand the mentality of like, not only am I not going to wear a mask, like, no, I don't want to do that. But like, screw you. I'm going to purposely not wear a mask and I'm going to purposely go out. Like, I just, I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around that. I just, it just, I just can't do it. I can't. Well, I think part of it. Okay. So I, I had a friend of mine on the podcast early, early in the life of this podcast, right? And I don't know if this episode Rick finished or whatever, but he said something that was that 
that I'll never forget. I don't remember where he said it, but I remember that he said it. What he said was, the thing you have to wrap your head around is, there's just this huge group of people who do not believe the government is going to help them. Right? They just cannot wrap their head around that. That the government can or even should help them. And so they're on their own, and so to them, going to the local buffet and going to the local this and that is their way of supporting their community through this evil... (laughs) They see it as, like, the evil situation of, like, the evil government or the evil this or the evil that is trying to close down society, right? That's how yeah, and I see. and I and I get that worldview too. It's a huge distrust of government, of authority, of like Washington D.C., which seems so far away. I I I totally sympathize with that. You feel that. One of the things about driving across the country is you feel that. You feel the emptiness, and you feel the like self reliance that's necessary to live out there, and you you understand why people like feel like no one should tell them what to do. And I I I, I sympathize in huge ways, but it's like this is like a disease. Like it's an illness. Like this is not the government telling you it's bad. It's like science. It's just like this is where we are. It's like smallpox. Like you can't just ignore smallpox. Like you might die. You know? I I get it. I get it. Believe me, I get what you're saying. But let me just play the other side, right? So I was in school in the last decade. And I was in a psychology class it was a master's level psychology class and in this psychology class I learned there's a study that I learned that is really famous now it's really infamous now right and the study basically said that we're not meeting stupid people anymore and whoever did that study did not know anything about political science Right, and did not know anything about why people do things. Like, what's the reward mechanism for people? Uh-huh. Right, and this study was repeated, and you might have even heard about it talked about on a podcast or three or five or ten <laughs> or fifty. You know? Yeah. But they laid out this case that we're essentially we're all scientifically literate people and blah 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 when the fact is that we're not no no way the fact the fact is that we're (laughs) not and the fact is that your study was not your study but their study was very flawed right very very flawed but these are so-called experts yeah, I mean, this right. is a whole. I could, we could rant about this forever. No, you know? but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, yeah. So know. they're not, you I know, and blah blah blah. All right, I'm just. It's saying. a distrust. Yeah, I mean, I. It's like, it's like I can. I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, yeah. I can rationally understand why people have acted the way that they have. I, I get it, and I sympathize because I, I, I know that my experience is different than theirs, and the way I grew up, and the way that I've been educated, whatever it might, the people I've been around, whatever it might, I, I get it, you know, but, but then there's the other part of me. It's just like, how can you think this? Like, how can you do this? Like we are in a global yeah. pandemic. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, no, I get, I, and I get what you're saying too, but 
And maybe I'm strange because I talk to folks all over the planet. No, nah, you're probably I mean, you're right. I mean, you're, you know, it's, people think what they think. Everybody, I know. I know. You know it's more of me not, like ranting to myself because no, I no, just and, like can't. Like, well, you're not like, just ranting to yourself. You're ranting to the future. And I wanted to have you on the yeah. show because most people probably don't travel across country by car anymore. And most people certainly wouldn't travel across country by car in a pandemic. Yeah. Well, and well, right. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. um, so Tennessee, so that's pretty much yeah. the end. Cause we're, that's pretty close to Virginia. The last couple of days were, were really nice actually sort of driving through the blue Ridge parkway and in, in Virginia, which is absolutely amazing. If you get the chance to do that. Um, we, the last little leg of our trip, we wanted to be extra careful. Uh, we got COVID tests like a day or two before we arrived um, just to be as safe as we could be. Did you get the regular COVID test or the, the up through the nose? It was up in the nose. It wasn't oh. terrible. It was Ooh. only like a, an inch in. I had heard of the ones that like go into your brain. These were fine. It wasn't a big deal. Um, we had to wait a few days after we arrived to get the tests back. So we like stayed in the basement of, of uh, my, my wife's house just, just to be totally extra careful, you know, and safe. But it was always, it was all negative, yeah. of course. And, and that was it. And then we were there. We were like, we made it. <laughs> like, it was so, it was so weird and great and crazy and scary and the whole thing. So, all right. In the time we have left, um, please, again, shamelessly plug your podcast. I'm not sure if, if this, if the last time made it. <laughs> I'll but, plug. Yeah, plug uh, and, away. I'll t- and I'll talk real quick about, uh, about, about the wedding stuff. Um, I can, I'll tell that story quicker. Yeah. But it's it's it, that was absolutely nuts too. So the podcast I run is the Educator Podcast. Um, I have three different series. Uh, your guests are probably most interested in hearing about the Walking History one, where I visit different historic sites, especially like Civil War battlefields, stuff like that. Talk about what happened there um, and what it's like to visit today, which is where the Walking History comes in. I'm a former history teacher, so I know a lot and I, I talk about that stuff a lot. I also run one about education called Perspectives and uh, a how-to series where we've talked to like, musicians and comedians about how they've done what they've done. So anybody who wants to be a comedian, listen to that. Um, so, all right. So from there, the other big thing we had going on was our, our wedding. So I was getting married in October of 2020. And, you know, you have all these dreams in your head of what a wedding is supposed to be like. And I guess everybody's kind of got their own perspective on it. But to me, it always felt like something obviously very, very special. And to me, the day was supposed to be special because it was going to be that one day of your life kind of where everybody in your life that you've known, friends, family from all walks of life, and then everybody and then your, you know, your wife's life is going to all come together and all meet and all party and get to know each other. It's going to be this like fantastic moment, right? That's what I always imagined it. My wife is very into her like aesthetics and everyone wants everything to look nice and be nice and all that kind of stuff. So for her, it was that combined with like the fairy tale, perfect day of a wedding. So that's what we're going into it with. Then COVID comes. Now COVID basically, you know, started whatever you want to call it, really got bad in March 2020. October was seven months away. So we figured, look, Seven months from now, it'll be better. <laughs> we will have gotten figured this out. We're fine. And then, you know, May rolls around and it's worse. And then June rolls around and it's, it's worse. And then it's the summer and it's not going away. It might be better, but it's not really like going away or anything. And then it starts to spike. 
And it, there came a point where we're just like, this is this is not happening, uh, or at least it's going to be totally different. Um, I actually reading some of the tea leaves of COVID back in February, at the end of February, I bought wedding insurance just in case. And thank God, because I saved like four or five grand because of how we had to cancel stuff. Um, a, I guess a proud and prescient, prescient moment in this midst of this hell. Um, but <laughs> there was, there were all these moments of horrible like frustration and like anger that you feel when like this moment that you've been dreaming about and that your wife's been dreaming about for like your whole life is like ruined or not going to happen or whatever like all those feelings and anxieties that you have about big stuff like this in your life anyway now throw in covid happening and now throw in this might not even happen like just oh the emotions you go through dealing with something like that is like oh it's like un unreal and it, it taught me a lot about myself i think for a lot of people covid forced a lot of self-reflection uh and this certainly did for me this is one of those big moments for me so anyway um, we had planned this 120-person wedding at this, like, really, really nice estate in rural Virginia. It was, like, a colonial-looking, like, plantation-type estate. Um, it was built only in, like, the, the 90s or something, but it was made to look like that. It was beautiful, and we had toured it the year the year before, basically, or we had had, like, videos sent. So um, we had booked everything before COVID. Like, it was, like, December or January of 2020 january 2020 we booked it all and then slowly but surely everything gets canceled <laughs> like everything is like oh we can't do that oh we gotta cancel this vendor like oh i guess not we're not having all these we're not having the buffet we're not having the food we're not having the band we're not having this 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 um and the mm. way it ended up happening was it was still beautiful but instead of 120 people it was eight <laughs> So we had we had eight people in this like beautiful mansion villa type thing. Um, we streamed the whole ceremony um, for every for all of the guests who were supposed to come online. We like got this like uh, professional streamer guy to come in and do it for us, and we have that recording, which is really really nice, which is great. Um, even then, with that, we were still a little nervous. The people that we had come, we had all had them quarantined or they got tested beforehand. But, you know, we're inside with the servers and the waiters and this and that. And we're like, is this okay? You know? But um, it ended up being such a beautiful day. But not the way that any of us had ever remotely expected it. And it was after, you know, six, seven months of just like, total frustration and, and ripping your hair out and all the pain and all the tears of that. I mean, that's when I was crying, you know, from frustration and anger and just like anxiety and all that. And, but, you know, I, I think part of it for us is I, I think it brought my wife and I like closer because here we were mm -hmm. dealing with hell basically together. And this moment that was supposed to be like the moment of our lives and like fairy tale moment, whatever you want to call it was what it was um which was still great but it was six to seven months of a complete uncertainty and frustration leading to sort of this like shining moment um and for me and i think my wife would agree the best week of the year by far was that week the week we got married and then the week of our honeymoon 
we had some issues on the honeymoon, COVID related. We found, we, we got to the, the place we were staying. We found workers without masks cleaning our place, like right before we came in. We're like, are you kidding? We had to change our, our, the, the place we stayed, but it worked. Like, it's just like a different room, basically. Yeah. But that week was like this this week of peace and joy and love and like serenity in this like year of hell. Um, and that I will always remember too. Like that was like a very beautiful thing in so many ways, not just in the ways that it's usually as like a wedding and honeymoon, but in, in the midst of all this. So, yeah. Yeah. The thing, the thing I'll remember. Um... Especially like, cause I, like I said, I'm, I'm strange, you know, like, you know, I talk <laughs> We're all to a little strange. Don't well, worry. I talk to folks all over the planet about their COVID experience. And there was one story in particular that I got. And after that, I quit complaining. Like after that story, like whatever happened, like, oh, oh, oh I spent seven hours ordering toilet paper. Oh, I spent six hours getting getting uh, uh, buzz clippers because I like a close haircut. Oh, I, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta ran out of beef, or oh, Atlanta <laughs> ran out of this. Yeah. Who cares? Dude, I it mean, put COVID just put so much in perspective. <laughs> it just like like we were kind of all in jail. I mean, ba- like I now I kind of know what it's yeah. like to be in jail. I mean, I knock on wood, I guess I don't know, but like. You know, like we were stuck in our homes for over a year and afraid to do all these things and see people. I mean, it's just like, man, it really makes you like appreciate what you have. It really does. That's that's absolutely right. And like I felt lucky that I was with people that I cared about and not like I talked to somebody who was like literally trapped with with the with this crazy person and it was just like, oh I my think God. about that sometimes. Like, what if this had happened at other points in your life? Who were yeah. you with? Where were you? What was going on? Right, right, right. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, Matt. Um. Thanks a bunch, and um, definitely. Yeah, thanks for right. having me on. Let me. Crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy stuff. Let me unhook the recording. Da, 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 da. Stop.